Hello and welcome back to another episode of Control-Alt-Delete. Today's special guest is JP Watson. He is a writer, editor and the founder of The Pound Project, an independent publisher based in Birmingham. It's a new initiative and idea I've been following since pledging for previous books on the platform by Jordan Stevens, Dolly Alderton and Pandora Sykes. It's such a great platform to not only launch books, but also celebrate that writing has a value and writers should be paid. JP started the company from a simple premise, is a good story worth something? I'm really excited to announce that I've launched a book with The Pound Project, a special limited edition pocket-sized book called Sabotage. It's a book all about a topic close to my heart, which is self-sabotage. And in the book, I investigate my own relationship with it and ask some experts as well. Why do so many of us succumb to the temptation of sabotaging ourselves, be it procrastination, jealousy, negativity or guilt? And how can we overcome the obstacles that keep getting in our way? I believe that self-sabotage is the kind of evil stepsister to imposter syndrome and I couldn't find much on it. So I'm really excited to partner with JP and the Pound Project and I thought I'd interview JP more about it because I just find it so interesting what he's done. The Pound Project is an affordable, sustainable and democratic platform where content is paid for starting from one pound so it's very accessible and writers receive an equal share. So if you want to get involved and you want to pledge for sabotage and pre-order it, it's only live for another week I think so be quick and you'll get a beautiful pocket-sized book called Sabotage. There's also signed copies available, tote bags, t-shirts, personalised content for those who want to invest a little bit more. So if you want to hear more and you want to pre-order now go to poundproject.co.uk and everything is ethically sourced and made from environmentally friendly materials which you'll be happy to hear. So here is the interview with JP and I'll see you next week. So I'm very excited to have JP, the amazing founder of The Pound Project, on my podcast today. Welcome. Hi. Hello. (laughs) This is so fun because we've been working together. Correct. And I just think it makes total sense to interview you about the project because I've enjoyed it so much working with you. But we'll get on to that. So first of all, I just wondered, would you be able to explain a little bit about it just for people listening who might not know because you're a writer and it came from the heart? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, like many other creative things I suppose projects it actually started with a story so I was living on a canal boat in East Midlands which not betraying my West Midlands roots you know <laughs> and I um, don't know if you've ever listened to tweet of the day but at sort of five to six before the Today programme on Radio 4 comes on. There's a little tweet thing that they do. Anyway, there was this story about these goldfinches, which in the Victorian times they used to keep in cages and they'd use them as sort of showpieces for parties, that sort of thing. And I sort of thought, bing, wouldn't that make a really interesting short story to have, you know, this bird trapped for some reason for a party and what that represents. I've then got this idea and I start writing this short story but then as with so many other things with the writing community and my own career in fact which I suppose we'll come on to I kind of thought well you know and this is quite a pessimistic view what's the actual point what's the outlet do you know what I mean and I sort of thought where is this market for short stories and for short writing content Okay, you've got blogging and I know you've got uh, established magazines and the like. But I'm thinking specifically, where does this short content go? Now, you know, I don't know about you, but for me, it was like I've often been given loads of collections of things. 
short stories in particular or the complete short stories i very rarely read them i I don't know whether it's i find it overwhelming or whether it's the fact there's no narrative continuity per se so i'm thinking well where's the the market for this one individual thing right without a hook or without like a news agenda yeah that's not yeah Yeah. why do you need that necessarily those things are helpful and that's not to say that i don't pursue those things but at the same time, like I say, it's where is that marketplace for this? So, so I'm coming at it from, a, you know, I think I've had an idea. I'd like to create that market, so mm. to speak. But then there's this other thing of, well, I don't have, you know, the connections. And I tried and quite frankly failed to a certain extent to be a journalist. And I'd also had this experience of, well, you don't get paid. And ultimately, I came at the Pan Project from a position of real disheartenment you know, real sort of disappointment at things that had gone wrong, which I think is often a really good way to approach things, you know, to take Elizabeth Day, what she talks about a lot of the time, to sort of look at things of where things have not gone wrong per se, but things that haven't quite fitted for you. Mm-hmm. The next step for me is, well, why don't I create that market? And okay, what's my circle of influence, my friendship group and the various people I'm fortunate enough to know, will they give me a small amount of money to put this out there? And then obviously from there, you start thinking, well, how am I going to encourage them? And that's where this magical, you know, crowdfunding thing, which I'm a huge fan of, comes into play. Yeah. Um, and, and what were the first steps? Because I feel like it's grown into pretty impressive product now. You go on the website and it, it's so slick. But what was like the first few things you did to lay it down? Well, yeah. So, I mean, for me, like you say, it is to make sure it, it took about eight, nine months of making sure you had a good name, a good hook, the professionalism of what the product's mm-hmm. going to look like before you even have a product and so therefore what you've got is is presenting your idea to other people to back you and for it to look like something they want to back so the next stage for me was to sort of say I think artists need to be entrepreneurial and that's something I certainly think is is where the arts need to go I'm good give me money because I'm good there isn't enough of that quite frankly in in the arts right and it's okay to make things and get paid for them and I think somehow we fell into this weird trap of like if your job's fun you don't deserve to be paid and I think and I think that's still the same thing with writing and is it that fun as well you know like I mean it's how much you know it's not that fun like, enduring it, no. Well, just all that sort of self-doubt and all of that sort of constant pitching ideas and getting nothing back from it, which is all part of it, quite frankly. There isn't a place for every idea. That's just the yeah. fact of the matter. So so there's that whole element of, I, I have an idea, I want to find somewhere for it. But then there's also the monetizing aspect of it. And the next thing for me was, well, why aren't people interested in paying for content? Where We've gone wrong somewhere because... It is valuable. You know, you and I would probably, you know, well, I don't know about you, but I would happily buy a pack of crisps, right? Or a chocolate bar or whatever that has no nutritional value, kind of makes you feel a bit rank about yourself afterwards, right? But you're happy to put a quid into a into a vending machine or, or whatever, or a cup of coffee or all those things that we consume all the time. Yeah. But then tell someone they've got to pay a pound for reading an article or 50p for, you know, whatever, a newspaper. Oh, no. No, that should be free. Or I'm going to download this film for nothing because I can't stand to pay whatever, whatever, whatever. So I'm thinking, well, I've got this short story thing. There's a gap. There's also this gap in trying to sort of monetize small amounts for content. Mm. So interesting that because I every single Sunday when my Sunday Times column goes out, Mm. I, you know, I get a really good reception. But I also get the odd comment that is someone really shocked that they can't access it for free. Yeah, I think the, the Times actually, the Times group you know for everything that is said about them 
which I'm not going to comment on, I think that approach to monetizing was a really good idea up front. Now, personally, what I think I, I wish had happened, I suppose, to a certain extent with creative content online is if we'd done a sort of pay-as-you-go thing. So, so you would have a fiver maybe with the Times and then people would click on what articles they want to read and it would be taken on that basis rather than you've got to pay this upfront amount. Yeah, because you don't always consume the same amount right? every month and sometimes you're on holiday or you, you're not interested. Or... Yeah, right. it's and, true. And I think actually to go back to that whole idea of up-and-coming journalists, for example, wanting to get paid, why not have a model where, okay, you don't get paid when you're first starting out which i hate by the way but let's not get into that mm. but i know that's what a whole a, other privileged it, conversation it, it is it? it certainly is but but why not have an element of you know like a pay-as-you-go model where if people are reading your thing online why is it only the internet provider that gets money for the content existing mm. or the broadband supplier that the content just seems to be lost in this world of well it's not really valuable and that to me is utter madness mm -hmm. And obviously, the funny thing is about the Pound Project, actually, as a concept, it's nothing new. It's actually sort of like that initial Victorian model of, of pamphleteering. It where... does seem very, like, very, there's something very trusting, kind of, it's not old fashioned at all, but it's just, I don't know what the word is, classic or traditional or... Well, this is the bizarre thing, because we pitched for an award with the bookseller. And they do this future book thing, which is, is oh, yeah. very forward thinking things in the publishing world. So anyway, we were invited to do this pitch off thing, which is incredibly terrifying. And then when I sat down and listened to the other groups who were amazing, one of which was this blockchain, essentially. And, and what they did is they're trying to monetize and change the way that authors receive money so that there isn't this middleman receiving all the payment processing fees, mm. which again is another com a conversation, I think. Now I see this and I think that is pushing how money's received and given and how authors are paid. Now that was amazing to me. My thing, it came to my pitch and honestly, it's a simple idea. You have written something, you should be paid for it. Can you convince enough people to give you money for what you've mm. done? That's what the model should be. And for some reason, I think that really chimed with the judges. And we won. And it was bizarre. because me, Because me, yeah. me and my brother-in-law, Ian, were sat there. <laughs> And sort of in this amazing room full of really influential people. And then when they read out, you know, that we'd won, there's these two guys from Birmingham sitting there going, <laughs> what? And I just, I actually didn't, couldn't say anything when I went up and I was just like, Thank you. <laughs> you know, but um, isn't that so refreshing that actually we're all there trying to reinvent the wheel and like coming up with the next innovation? And mm. actually, the most innovative thing you can do sometimes is just like take a step back and do something that works. Yeah, well, I think stories have an intrinsic value to them. And I'm reading this amazing book actually that was was advised to me called The Myth Gap by Daniel Evans. Sorry, Alex Evans. And essentially what it talks about is how with the way that climate change and things like that are heading, what we really need are people telling stories about the value of these community projects and things that the, you know, like how the environment has a real value to it instead of just doom and gloom and this, that and the other. And, you know, it's all going to the whatever because people can just deny that and they can just say, well, facts don't agree with it, blah, blah, blah. Whereas actually how things often get changed civil rights, for example, are through interesting and sort of artistic, creative people taking ownership of mm. it and, and making stories interesting about it. Yeah. So, you know, to refer back to like the whole idea of the Pound Project really is just about saying, is a good story worth something? Is it worth a pound? And I think hopefully people can sort of tap into that a little bit and sort of think, yeah, well, it is. And I don't want to guilt people, let people do whatever they want. But hopefully some people go, do you know what? I would love to read that. And I yeah. think it does have a value. Yeah, and I think what's really amazing about the, about you and the Pound Project is that from 
working together, even though our project, well, our project has launched now. It has, this yeah, is, strangely talking about the future. This is live. I know, now yes. this is live. You can buy it. You can. I've really noticed that you are very strategic and very patient because I think with crowdfunding yeah. and what I've learned from you, because I'm a very impatient, rushed kind yeah, of person, yeah. you know, you've got your steps and you really, really have thought it out and you use best practice, you know what works. Has that come just by experience or did you know about crowdfunding before? Well, no, because, well, actually, the funny thing with the with the crowdfunding aspect of it was that was another thing that I looked at and I said, well, hang on, where are the people who are only asking for 500 quid or a thousand pounds or even 50 quid just to make a thing that has some value to someone. If you go onto your average crowdfunding page, for example, it'll be like 50 grand to make a new interactive map for this, mm. or De La Soul is doing a new album, or Zach Braff is making a new film. So that was my sense of crowdfunding before. You sort of thought, to go back to that idea of sphere of influence, there's nothing wrong with that being smaller. Mm. So my understanding of crowdfunding actually changed very quickly to actually you can set a target to whatever you want it to be. And I would encourage people who hear this to think about it. Yeah, I don't care if they're competitors, whatever, right? Yeah. Because there's a difference between doing something for free and doing something for even a small amount. It's like the principle of it. It's the principle of it. And then what you very quickly learn, and this is like you say, you learn by doing, quite frankly, you very quickly realise that actually if you back yourself and you can convince people around you of your own talents and aren't afraid to say, do you know what, I am actually talented or I can do something or I can write or whatever, I am a musician, then they'll get behind you. And there's this wonderful thing where they'll start telling their friends and bit by bit by bit. So the first project I did, it flew Mm. And it was my own story. And I thought it was going to be this small thing where, you know, my mom and dad would probably give me a couple hundred quid and, you know, my best mate and my missus yeah. and, you know, all those people. But actually, once people sort of start latching onto you doing something entrepreneurial, people admire that. Yeah, totally. And because there's the book by Amanda Palmer, I think, called The Art of Asking. Okay. She's a big Patreon user. She makes six figures a month off Patreon and off one pound, two pound donations a month. And she basically in the book just says it's like the most scary very vulnerable thing to ask yeah. it's so exposing like I have been feeling nervous about the idea of asking people but you have to do it you totally do and the, the weird thing is another sort of uh, there are a few different sources for where this idea came from and, and there should be and you should think about all these things it actually comes also from that idea of being sponsored to do something so you know like a mm. heinous marathon or Ironman challenge or whatever nobody ever gives a quid no one ever gives 50p because you always feel guilty about doing that. And I'm yeah. sort of saying there's nothing wrong with a yeah. fiver or because every little bit helps. Well, yeah, you, you're, you're still giving, aren't you? Yeah. And, and there's no shame in, like I say, something that is worth the same as a pint or, or whatever. So, yeah. so to return to what you were saying about how strategic and planned you have to be, that was something I had to very quickly learn because we're in a world where there's this expectation on you as a creator immediately to give me my product now and I want it the next day delivered and all those things. Mm. And when you try and build something new, you come up against these entrenched models that are actually incredibly damaging to just normal, you know, quote unquote, people mm. who actually being creative and, and to do something well takes time. Yeah. And what I hope I've done, I'm not sure I have because I get quite a lot of it in the neck about things not being on the doorstep straight away. But I hope I'm sort of helping people realise, even in a small way, is that the creative process and doing something like making a book actually takes months to do. Like even you and I, like, you know, we started talking, what was it, four months ago? Yeah. And it starts with ideas and pitching and talking about mm. ideas and thinking what's going to work and then 
and speaking to other members of the team and you know all of yeah. those things which make it so nice yeah you know. and it's I think it's important to say that because you know it's not even though it's six only in, in quotes six thousand words which is obviously you know a tenth less than of a longer book it's taken a lot of work this isn't like a quick no give us a pound we've just slapped this out it's a lot it, of work it, it is and, it, and so it should be yeah i mean i read this amazing thing recently and forgive me i can't remember who wrote it who said maybe we should start having credits in a book yes they do some books do that now I it's think almost that's great. like at the end of the film when you get the credits or sometimes at the beginning but i've seen some at the beginning you open the first page of the book and it's like you know who the editor is you know who the designer is i mean we have this thing and by we, I mean the Pound Project, where you can actually pay a small amount of money and your name can be in the book as someone who has helped that book happen. It's nice. Why not, right? Because yeah. it's it's a fact of the matter. And so like you'll see on, the, on any of our titles, the acknowledgements page, the very first thing that is always acknowledged is said that the company and the project exists solely because people back it. It's a lovely it's, feeling because it just it just means it's been created with support from the beginning. And also, you know, for me, it's in a wonderful way. I've been asked to sort of give advice about marketing now and, 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 and various bits and pieces like that. I was wondering, because you are, you know, first and foremost, you're a writer and obviously mm. the first book is yours. People need, should buy it. <laughs> yeah, they should, yeah. Um, you kind of have pivoted slightly into like a more editor role mm. for The Pound Project. Yeah. Um, as well as obviously still writing and being very creative with your work. But how's that been, like working with other authors? It's an amazing experience, actually, working with the different... It's it's kind of like a dream... <laughs> kind of putting it in the corner then. I'm like, I am in the corner. I've got you one like, of them. You have, to say it's, <laughs> you have to say it's great. <laughs> no, it's, no, but it's kind of like... It's built this thing, which kind of, for me, was always a dream. I'm now pursuing exactly what I wanted to do. That's um, so cool. You've, the fact that you can get stuck in traditional roles and you're like, I can actually go and create my own. Well, Tony, you're the, you're the master of that, right? And it's sort of like, you shouldn't let things hold you back. And for me, like I say, I'm talking 10 years of this isn't working for me. I'm begging people to let me work for them. And it just wasn't happening. So I started this. But to come back to you know your point, sorry. Working with other writers, it's not plain sailing. But nor should it be, because I don't think you'd get good work out of it if you didn't have an element of your way of doing things, my way of doing things, the greater good of doing mm. things. But writing, I think sometimes can become a very internalised and not selfish, but... It's very solitary, Solitary, it? yeah, a very solitary enterprise whereas actually and I think this probably would be really helpful for, for up-and-coming writers who listen to this is to not be afraid to share your work with people because sometimes for me people pitch for me and they're not quite in the right place yet and that's okay but what I would hope that they would do is well first and foremost find out who I am and what we do before they pitch because that is you know mm. is a big no-no but if they're not quite ready yet if they're asking me for some specific advice, I'll give it. And what they'll probably find is that they'll get that wherever they look. To be a writer, particularly, but because there's so much pitching involved in that world, you've got to be really entrepreneurial and thinking about your audience and the money. Otherwise, there's no market for it. And editors and publishers and people with money have short thrift and they need to be convinced when you email them or when you pitch to them that you've got something and that isn't make me work to get the idea mm -hmm. out of you it should be wow this person knows exactly what they're talking about 
I'd like to work with them. It's a funny one, publishing, isn't it? Because on one hand, we're publishing art. It's such a lovely outlet for mm. you know bringing a story to the world, and and it can be this beautiful creation. But at the same time, it's a business. It is, and I think it could be easy to forget that sometimes. It is, but hopefully, this is why something like crowdfunding, and hopefully, what I do, it is in some way helping people to find that audience. Mm. Now, at the moment, I've taken some criticism, and it's bizarre because it's only a year old what I'm doing. Well. That when are you going to break the unknown talent? And it's like, well, I haven't had someone pitch to me yet properly. Because an unknown talent, yes, happy to do that. But I'm, I want an unknown talent who's entrepreneurial, who comes at me and makes me go, wow, this person knows exactly what they want and how to market it. You don't have to be a published writer already to know those things. So that's what I'd like to see. Um, so have you been setting the foundation for the platform, I suppose, yeah. in the first year? Because, it, well, it was brought to my attention because Dolly Alderton is one of the, right. I think, was she the second or no, the third so, and it was it was everywhere and I think it was a really very clever way you know she's brilliant is so in demand yes and what an amazing person to launch with well absolutely I mean in its first iteration I'm an unknown right and I just wanted to launch it and it was going to be a side project for whilst I was writing a book which I'm still sort of writing but you know this has taken over a little bit and then the second writer was a dear friend of mine Paul Murphy who's is the dad of one of my friends from school wonderful guy initial iteration it was like small stories and just a small amount of money and just getting it out there whilst I was pursuing other avenues. Now, I was fortunate enough that I knew Dolly. We did a master's together. And the irony, of course, was when we were doing it, you know, neither of us had our head in what we were supposed to be doing per se. As I said in the foreword to Hopeless Romantic, Dolly was kind of developing that image, that voice, that persona herself, all, all combined of someone who knows what she's talking about mm. and is hilarious. Your forward is so lovely. And the point was that it, she was so busy with things that we had this few coffees here and a few coffees there. Admittedly, I was really hung over for one of them. Because it's just <laughs> pure nerves. And actually, you talk about that in your piece, which is really yes, interesting. We should, yeah, let's well, talk about that in a minute. It was bizarre having this conversation with someone who you're mates with and who you used to take the piss out of each other about stupid things on the course. Not that the course was stupid, just being silly then talking like business and for me it was kind of like if dolly agrees to do this it's going to make the business because all things in the arts take some fortune and if you tell me they don't i, I just disagree entirely so dolly having that faith in me and the project was massive and working with her was like a dream really and it's amazing this pay it forward thing in publishing because you know when anyone says oh this youtuber for example has just been paid six figures for a book deal moan 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 i'm thinking no but that book's going to make so much money for the publisher that they can then go and spend that money on finding people without a platform or yeah so exactly so hopefully people listening to this like my goal and actually i'm doing it next year i don't want to say too much but next year we're going to start a new part of the project which is going to be breaking new talent Amazing. but it is very tied into storytelling within a certain sphere like I say that's something exciting Ooh, to look forward to yeah, very it's, cryptic I like it, it it's sort of yeah and it kind of is informed by my time at Dublin where place like where you are and the stories that reflect that and the cultural influence of those stories all come together mm. and that's how I'm hoping to sort of break new talent yeah. I'm not going to say anything else because I want people to <laughs> like, this is the other thing as well I actually must add when we do start breaking new talent dear listeners people are going to have to back it otherwise we won't be able to do it again Yeah, that's the thing and at the moment the Parent Project is a very small thing um, so I think people see the totals on crowdfunding platforms and enough is never enough because mm. 
I'm in a hole to set the business up, put it that way. And there's nothing I would love more than to sort of just pick and choose willy-nilly whoever I would like. That's the goal. But at the moment, there also has to be an element of, and I think all art should have to a certain extent, otherwise it won't exist. Where is the money going to come from? Mm. It's a really, really good point because I think there's a lot of people, and I don't blame them, but a lot of people, a lot of my friends actually you know, really, really believe that art will just speak for itself. I find it a really tricky one because I write about self-promotion and I write about getting your ideas out there. And I'm almost on the other side where people are like, oh, she won't shut up about her work. But there is a balance to be had. But I think you can't expect people to discover you by accident. I mean, don't get me wrong. You, you do have your, your Harrison Ford as a carpenter and he gets discovered to do X, Y and Z. You do have those stories, of course. And that's wonderful. But the fact of the matter is, I use myself as an example first and foremost, from Birmingham, was forced to move to London to try and get some recognition. It didn't really happen, despite the fact I was getting published in various different places. And from that point, it becomes very clear that you need some sort of influence or backing or some belief for it to happen. Now, whether that comes from your own hard work, that's one avenue. But I don't accept the fact that if you're talented, your work will find a way no. because really good art takes ages, hours. And that's why I'm of, of the view that it's really difficult and should be paid for. Yeah, because you know? I think it's a really dangerous thing to say to people, oh, we live in a meritocracy. Oh my God, I can't even say meritocracy. it. Meritocracy. Meritocracy. Yes. Because that basically, it's kind of a false illusion, isn't it? That well, it's everyone... not a fair system, is it? No. So there's no such thing as a meritocracy of the people who have more meritocracy than others. Yeah. So should we talk a little bit about Sabotage quickly? Yeah, please Only, do. Yeah, I'm excited about it launching and each book is so different. Yeah, well, th- this is the thing, you know, certainly with the last couple of titles, what's really exciting for me is that they are kind of hopefully instructing people who read them to sort of be kind of reflective. And for the first time with yours about the subject of sabotage, it's amazing reading it, how much of this we do to ourselves. Like you've quite beautifully written, there are things like going on a piss up the night before an interview, right? We've all done it. Why? Because maybe sub- subconsciously we're limiting ourselves. I find that fascinating. Or we can, we can blame it on something if we or, mess up. Or, sh- or shouting at someone who loves you and sometimes like forcing an argument with them despite the fact they're only trying to support you. But that outlet of rage and anger in many ways is about yourself than it is the other person. Yeah. And then there's all the things that you've written about in terms of the workplace and all of the limits we set on ourselves. It's absolutely fascinating. And, and, and like I said, I read it and I was a bit like, people kind of need to read this because there's also an element of like a handbook to it mm. with these lists of things that people can and should do. I really wanted to be a little bit practical in it because yeah. I feel like there's a really cool trend actually towards smaller books mm. and how we're all busy. I mean, I'm not, not to say that we're all got tiny attention spans now and we can't concentrate on anything. We mm. can read books, but yeah. I just felt like it would be nice to have something a little bit shorter form that could just give you something actually quickly that you could apply. Something because, for your back pocket, right? Yeah, and I also I really wanted to concentrate on the fact that we live in a self-help world still. Mm. where we're like you know being really kind to each other and being like you'll be fine you'll make it you'll do it but actually there's some tough love in the book you know i have to say it really chimes with what i'm about and what the company's about because it's like okay you're the sort of wandering artist and woe is me and internalizing everything and all those things you've got a beautiful bit in there where you basically say there is a place for that there's other time when you've got to plant your flag right and say actually i do have a worth and Singing about that worth is a very valuable thing. 
Mm. And it all comes back to that same thing, which we clearly agree on, that you've got to sort of have a self-belief and to not be scared to say to your mates, like, look, I'm doing something that's that's valuable. What do you think? Mm. And not limiting yourself to overthinking things and, yeah. and not doing things. And it's amazing because it's sort of like, as I say, it really chimed with me as, as a writer that so many times you think, I can't do that because there's too much much to do or the research to write a novel is just so overwhelming and daunting. Sometimes get over it and get writing. Mm. It's like when I interviewed that psychotherapist called Vin, there was a bit where he's like, sometimes you just have to suck it up. Yeah. And I just felt like, oh, wow, that's really refreshing, actually, because I think as humans, we make up a lot of excuses and sometimes it does start with us. Yeah, totally. And there's always an excuse, right? And I think you, you you say this in the book. I've got to finish watching this Netflix thing first. Procrastination. Drinking a whole bottle of wine. Right. I mean, I in believe front I, of the TV. Yeah. I, I mean, so I've got to finish that before I do this piece of work which I've been asked to do. But we all do it. The funny thing is, as well, that when we first started talking about this project, actually, I can't believe people haven't really looked at it in this way per se. It was before. really there wasn't much on Google, weirdly, right? and, and it was that was nice in a way because I got to kind of experiment with my own contacts and and the experts. But the bit that I thought. I really wanted to include was actually we're not afraid of failure actually at the end of the day sometimes we're afraid of big success yeah and I thought that was like whoa yeah totally it's not just I can't do this because it might go wrong it's I don't want to do this because I don't know how I will be perceived by people around me if things go well and it's awful right because even for me like with things like take Pandora's project which was amazing and I loved working with her and both she and I have said and you know you can ask her we were both like people are all just now saying to us wow that's it you've done it it's done right it's a success Mm. but actually the reality was how much editing and how much work and how much posting something to that many people takes I get so much criticism you'd be amazed actually the praise is awesome and I love it but I get a lot of criticism as well about you know the website's not slick enough or Mm. this that and the other or you know why aren't you doing a podcast or what you know which is bizarre and it's funny because you get so much kind of career advice which isn't really advice and as you point out in in sabotage actually those people who are giving you this advice they're not really your friends I I don't know where that comes from I think that's a different book Mm. Um, but But I want because I just wanted to touch on that quickly about your definition of success because I think it's really inspiring that you are quite focused on what you want because the bookseller award the you know everything going really well like you, mm. it is amazing and i'm so happy that you're on the podcast talking about it the thing that comes along with success is people want you to expand and it, it seems like people are wanting you to like take over the world but actually you're like one step at a time yeah well i mean the most important thing to me which you know there's two things the first which before i'd even written anything which i was going to put out there myself was i said to myself if even one person can be affected by something i write then I've kind of succeeded. Mm. And I really believe that, especially when it comes to fiction, because if you can move someone with with something you've dreamed of, then that in and of itself is a success. The second thing is, it happens on a macro level, actually, production growth in in economies, for example. You know, this, this, it must get bigger. You must sell more. Scale, scale, scale. You must do bigger versions with (laughs) with pictures. And why don't you do an interactive book and this and that? And, And it's a bit sort of like, What's wrong with it just being those nice books? And what's wrong with it just being one person at a time? And that's the, the goal of the company. And just focusing the energy on that 
and saying to people, we think this is worth reading. We think this has an intrinsic value in the writing community and beyond that should be paid for. And if that model grows, amazing. But I don't want to sort of it to turn into... 10 things at the same time and you know I'm crowdfunding for this and that and this and this and whoever mm. because that takes away from my ability and, and the company's ability to just focus the energy in one specific yeah. area. It's been a lovely experience from my side because to have someone focused on one project and I know I know that's not the case in many traditional publishers because obviously they have to publish course, many books yeah. at once but you do always feel a bit like they're kind of you get a little bit of their time um it's been great well that's yeah the, on the flip <laughs> side of that though is and and this is something i've got to learn if this were a job interview or something is that i've got to realize sometimes that the people i work with have other things going on so i you know i've had a times where i've been like can you do this for me and they're busy people and you know of course and you're sort of sitting there going, why haven't they replied? You know, where are they? What's going on? And it's just like they're doing other things. Yeah. And that's what I've got to learn, I think, in terms of working with other people. Yeah, I'm the same. So maybe that's why we're like working yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, because that... I always say to people, you know, come on, got to set some boundaries, got to switch off. If someone doesn't reply to you for a week, it's not you. But at the same time, if someone doesn't reply to me in a few days, I'm like tetchy. Yeah, right. What's happening? <laughs> yeah. To sort of return back to what you're asking before, it's the, the beautiful thing with that whole focus on a different person each time is it's 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 not just what they've written, it's who they are. Mm. And the fact that as a company, you know, we can create the marketing around it and this sort of focus on, on who they are and how they speak and what they say. That's wonderful. And I hope that, that part of what the project does is it focuses in on the talents of a person and what they're saying rather than the other way around. If yeah. that sort of makes yeah, sense. Definitely. So if people want to yes. buy the book, where do they go well, and, and well, how do they find you? Well, I think if I was going to read out the total URL for the Kickstarter page, it would become we'd be here for half an hour. So <laughs> the best thing to do is to go to the Pound Project website because there's a banner at the very top where you can click on it and it'll take you straight to the page. And that's www.poundproject.co.uk. And the link will be it's in the... right at the top. And it will also be in the show notes for this episode. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, just very lastly, I always ask this question. Great. What are you looking forward to that's coming up? And it can be Pound Project related or it can be not. Finishing a book. <gasps> that's so exciting. No, I wish I was saying my own writing one, reading one. Because... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, no. Next year, I'm definitely going to sit down and actually get this thing I've been writing done. I've scrapped 75 pages and I'm going to start again. And, and is it and, fiction? Yes. Amazing. And I don't want to say much more, but next year is the year to do that because I actually set the pound project up in order to do that. Yes. And I've also got, because it's a very self-focused thing, this project that I'm doing, some really interesting people coming up. Thank you so, so much. Thank that was you. really fascinating. You know that I'm a huge fan of what you're doing and I think it's really inspiring. And I hope people listening kind of realise that you can write things people can read them and also you can start your own projects absolutely please do yeah thank you thank you Bye.